0: welcome to another episode of stories in stone i am josiah vandermas alongside kyle hunt and richard melville excited to be back guys uh kyle who do we have on the show today
1: uh today we got dean brady uh ceo found co-founder of uh, granite pro out in maryland um had a great conversation uh and just hearing how his company has taken off in the past 10 years. It was a really cool story.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, everything from Speedos to uh, Eastern Europe and everything in between. There, there was a lot covered on this week's episode.
1: From the farm, farmland of Maryland to the to the graveyards of uh, Romania. Yes. Uh, that sounds a little more intimidating than... That I meant for it to sound, but... Oh, it was good. Good. Dean's just a very sharp guy. His business acumen, how he's grown the business, leadership capabilities, I think it's a great episode.
0: Yeah, Richard, anything from your perspective?
2: Yeah, he's got a very commanding presence. Yes. just... You know everything you everything he says sounds like gold. It's like oh yeah, that's definitely true. I don't I don't know if it is, but it, it sounds like it. You know, <laughs> I mean I'm sure it is. He's a, he's a very repeatable guy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's incredible. Truly, he's he's a
1: Dean is very convincing.
2: Yeah. He is yeah. he's a he's a good guy.
0: Yeah, nice.
1: Just one more thing that I thought was interesting. Just what he picked up at Discover uh, up in Boston. Just. What what pushes you to continue forward? He knows he's going to get to his point. That he's going to be all right. But the care for his employees that what motivates him to continue to grow and thrive his business is improving the lives of his employees. I thought that was a fantastic answer. A lot, a
2: lot of good. A lot of good management advice.
0: Sure, for sure. Among a plethora of fantastic answers. Awesome. Well, we are not going to waste any more time here. We'll get you right to our mm-hmm. conversation with Dean. Are you drowning in remnants? Do you struggle to get quotes out on time? Uh, is your process undefined as you, as you go through the job? Action Flow has an answer for each of these questions, and it, it will allow you to rest easy at night knowing that these questions are answered and jobs are flowing through your shop. Visit actionflow.net today to set up your discovery call. Hey Dean, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Great. We were just talking off offline on the office. Looks beautiful. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure you've been able to make it a, a nice place for you recently.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm no, I'm loving it. Um, definitely in a shoemaker's wife type scenario. The seam's still not set on my countertops, but <laughs> everything you can see looks great. So yeah. is
1: that is that just eating at you each time you look at it like uh... Yeah, a little
2: bit. <laughs> but, yeah, fall. I just need to do it. You yeah. <laughs> know, yeah. yeah. it'll the
0: probably be that it. in like a year. Yeah, That's
1: yeah,
2: right. yeah. That's right.
0: Last one to get done. Well, cool. Yeah, thanks again for coming on, and uh, we're, we're excited to learn a little bit more about your history, your your story in the stone industry. Before we get started, why don't we uh, just go over a little bit of who you are. Uh, why don't you tell us uh, your role, where you work, and how long you've been in that role?
2: Yeah, sure. So um, I'm one of the co-founders of Granite Pro. We're in Eldersburg, Maryland. We're about to be, we'll be approaching 10 years this uh, upcoming October. So uh, it's been a fun ride. You know, my business partner mm-hmm. and I, we started from the ground up. Um, you know, we had a circular saw, a straight edge, and a table that we built. And, um, you know, it's pretty impressive to see where we've come so far. You kind of forget as you're, you know, when you're in the weeds, you don't really realize. And then one day you just step in your shop and you have CNC's everywhere and a lot of great employees. And um, it's definitely been a wild ride, but very rewarding.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We'll we'll definitely get into the wild ride. And uh, just for the listener, uh, I'd say uh, Kyle and I, about a year ago, were sitting with Dean and just got to hear this story that you're that you're about to hear kind of some of the early impetus for for this podcast and ideas of just exploring just yeah really interesting stories and so uh, we're excited for you guys to hear uh, but before we dive into that we still have got a couple more uh, questions the real hard-hitting stuff uh, <laughs> can you tell us your favorite dessert <laughs> right
2: um, I actually don't really like sugar very much. Um, okay. if I had to pick one, I guess, you know, ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. But, it's, a it's a go-to. I wish I
1: had that attitude towards dessert.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, you know, so I used to not eat sugar at all. It just, my, my parents never eaten the, like the sugary cereals. And then my wife, she loves sugar. And then that's what actually got me into eating it at all. And now I occasionally do eat some ice cream and stuff like that, but regret <laughs> it every time. You <laughs> know, every time.
0: Cool. And then last one, uh, any music, artist, album, song that you've been listening to recently that gets you through the day?
2: Honestly, I've been going through a weird little country kick. Like, I listen to everything <laughs> from, like, classical to metal. Um, you know, Ron and I, when we were uh, younger, we actually had a progressive metal band. and um,
1: Oh, we had to-, oh, we have to get into that a little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, we'd have to. It'd be cool to get some, uh, some like band photos from back then. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: They're pretty funny. It's crazy. We were, yeah. you know, uh, a lot skinnier back then, both of us. So.
1: <laughs> but. it's the country kick, are you like, in my opinion, real country, like Coulter Wall and, and that kind of vein? Awesome. Or are you we're like in Ryland, the poppy, poppy country?
2: Yeah. yeah, not really super poppy. I mean, um, I'm trying to think. Uh, honestly, I'm just kind of playing Spotify. Well, I'm- I'm not, I can't say, like, really <laughs> okay, modern okay. country or anything like that, but I definitely like a more kind of raw, grungy, storyteller-type country yes. rather than... Oh. I don't like the more New Age stuff. I
0: like it. For sure. Yeah, it feels like when the when the summer months roll around, country just is... Yeah. Appointment yeah. We're list. in
2: Western Maryland, too, where it's, like, a lot of farm and field, so just... You know, a beautiful day driving out to a job site, listening to some country, it just seems fitting. You know, I love it. Yeah.
0: yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah, why don't uh why don't we just dive in now uh to to your story? Take us back uh before, maybe even before the stone industry, what were you doing prior to that? And uh yeah, what were what were those early years? Take us back as far as you want.
2: Yeah. I mean, so, so my business partner, Ron, um, we actually went to high school together. Um, and we, uh, it's really a long story, but long story short, I mean, he, so his father was from Romania. He's originally the guy that taught us how to, uh, manufacture stuff. Now he was a, a small operation. This is back before granite really had a lot of different technology available. I mean, maybe a large entity, but most people would be lucky to have a bridge saw. The Yukon was a big thing back then. He was cutting everything by hand. Um, and I remember the first time I walked into a shop. Um, so he's European, you know, and he's a very free spirit. He's an extremely talented individual. Um, you know, he helps us, he helped us build our showroom, um, but he's definitely quite the character too. Um, he, uh, you know, I walked into his shop and he's just sitting there with a circular saw cut in stone, um, and a speedo, uh, and sipping on a beer, just living life <laughs> way out in the middle of like his shop was hidden in a field. And it was just like, that man was just living the dream, just doing whatever the hell he wanted, man. <laughs> but he, he did a lot of work in Potomac, which is a higher end area. So he would take on the projects that most people didn't know how to do coming up with creative solutions. So for example, you know, Ager, everybody talks about Ager. I don't even know if that product existed at that point in time. Um, so he was using like motor oil and acetone. So you'd have to be creative at that point in time with solutions. Cause the, not a lot of solutions existed.
0: Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's fascinating. So that was in, that was around where you that was are in high
2: now. school. So that, okay. and back then I was just helping like on a rare occasion, uh, do an install, you know what I mean? Uh, just mm-hmm. help them move pieces in, um, set them in place. Uh, but that's kind of where I got started into the industry. And then um, Ron and his father, so his father was originally from Romania. They moved back to Romania. um, And I was going to visit them for a month. And I ended up living there for almost a year, uh, just helping them out. And they Mm -hmm. had a stone business there too. So we did that in Europe. Um, And then uh, years passed. You know, I would go there, come back. And then, uh, you know, I told Ron, listen, I already, you know, I was actually working for a stone business here in Maryland. um, And I had an interesting interaction with that guy too. So I was doing fabrication and installation and I needed to make more money. I was making, I think 1350 an hour. Um, and he was a great guy, but he actually didn't pay overtime. I I was just young and I didn't realize that was illegal. (laughs) So I just kind of, I would work a lot of overtime, but I didn't get double, you know, time and a half. Um, so then I was like, you know, I need to make more money. He told me if I do sales after work, you know, I mean, make my own business cards, do all that, you know, he'll give me a cut of the sale. So I was basically fabricating, installing, and then after work, I would go out and find leads. And eventually I teamed up with a pretty large real estate agent. Um, so uh, that brought me quite a bit of leads. So then I was going back to Romania because I was going to, I met a girl there who ended up being my wife. And I told Ron, I was like, listen, man, I already have my own leads. Cause I, I wouldn't, I didn't want to take, you know, I wouldn't have called any of his clientele. I just called the people, you know, I planned on calling the people I, um, the, the you dug up connections did you, I developed, yeah, yeah, and uh, I said, "Listen, man, I already have some leads. You should just come back with me, and we'll start our own business." And I didn't think he was going to want to do it because uh, he loved Romania so much; it's a really fun place. You know, we were young, just living, you know, the dream uh, for that time. And um, he uh, he said yes, and I didn't think he was going to. So, and it was funny because at that point in time, that other guy wanted me to buy into his company. Um, oh wow! So it was kind of like I was either going to buy into that company or I was going to start my own and I really didn't want to buy in. Cause I just feel like we didn't share the same values. Like not that anything was wrong with how he did things. I just thought we right. were butt heads
0: except for not paying overtime. I feel like that was, that was probably, yeah. And just stuff like, that's <laughs> what I
2: mean. I think we just didn't share the same vision and basically I would have been paying to grow his company. Cause you know, a few years right. later, I was already generating three years, the same amount of revenue he was after 10. So I'm really right. glad that didn't happen. Yes. Um, so, but anyway, you know, so basically he came back and then I was still working at that other company. And the thing was, That guy one day just decided that he was going to go back to Mongolia. He was like, hey, Dean, listen, I'm going to go, you know, on vacation for a month. I just kind of need you to hold down the shop, which looking back now is absolutely insane. I had, I've never managed anybody. I was getting paid (laughs) $13.50 an hour. I think at that point, it might have been like $14. All I (laughs) I needed to do was fabricator install. I had no access to the books. It was like totally insane. And I I already knew I was going to be starting my own business. But, you know, we had a good relationship and I didn't want to like Mm -hmm. ruin that for him. So I literally ran his whole business, and then Ron was on the uh, building our shop. So we were, like, cutting little trenches. You know, we had a little thousand-square-foot bay that we found. We were cut little trenches, building our table, you know. And I remember him and I being at, like, 12 o'clock at night, putting all that together, which is crazy. And then the Man. day that he came back, I told him, like, listen, I'm branching off, and I'm doing my own thing. And uh, that's what we did.
1: What was his reaction? Well, I have a lot of questions already yeah, yeah. to
2: this
1: point. <laughs> yeah. So... So let's back up for a second first time so you you see ron's dad and a speedo out there cutting first time he gets you with some type of blade in your hand or has you cutting what's that experience like is he walking you through it like you, like did he mentor you in that in that way of like cutting and all that and give you a little bit more experience of like this is what fine craftsmanship looks like yeah, the, I feel like he taught
2: not only that, but also just great life lessons, just how to kind mm-hmm. of like be patient, do things properly, um, not stress, you know, those types of things. Um, and yeah, I mean, I remember he started off with polishing. So it was like mm-hmm. endless polishing. And a lot of it was in Europe, yeah. honestly, with the fabrication side. So like, there was okay. a lot of window sills. So I got very good at doing quarter round and half bull nose. It was just like, <laughs> okay. everything was done all day and it was just like long strips of that, you know? Right. Um, and I feel like, the, and Ron always did most of the cutting on the saw, so I actually never did much of that. Um, okay. I would do it here and there, but it, it's a very difficult thing to do because you, have to, you mm-hmm. have to set up the saw, step cut it nice and slow, usually in three different um, runs. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. extremely time consuming. Uh, and the mm-hmm. blade can easily get off balance. You know, you can start, basically swaying to the left or the right and your whole cuts off. Yeah.
1: I don't have the, I'm I'm not steady enough for that. Um, and then the second, second question that as you're building that shop at at the same time, um, what is one, what does that conversation go with like with the owner of the other place? How do you have that conversation just for listeners who may be in the same boat?
2: Yeah, honestly. So, um, you know, when he came back, um, we basically, I just gave him a call. I told him, I was like, listen, man, um, you know, I prefer to do it face to face, but I was just so busy. I just really didn't have Mm -hmm. time. I was like, listen, man, you know, I didn't want to burst your bubble on your own vacation. I decided to make my own business. I told him, don't worry. You know, I'm I'm not going to reach out to any of your clientele. The only people I'm going to reach out to are the people that, you know, the relationships I built when I did the sales. And I stuck Mm -hmm. to that. I actually had people that called me because I guess they heard through his employees that I, you know, started my own. I told him no, because I, I just mm-hmm. didn't want to. Now some of those people reached out again a year later, uh, and then mm-hmm. I told them yeah, because at that point I felt like it was fair competition. I gave enough time. I wasn't bound right. by any non compete clause. He wanted me to do that, uh, like after the fact, and obviously I wasn't going to do that. Um, right. Yeah, I really didn't. Um, and and, and the, at the end of the day, too, his clientele is very different than our target clientele too. Okay, uh, he was more like home flipper kind of guys, whereas we're more retail. Uh, and premium kind of time, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah. So the the next, it's okay. You did that the day after. Just yeah. kind of walk me through that first.
2: Honestly, first man, day. I don't remember it? I mean, it was really just. I mean, amazing freedom. You know, honestly, yeah. I, I almost feel like I just lived in such a world of ignorance because I had no real, true responsibilities. <laughs> uh, that's really the thing got me through. Like it would have been much harder now with the children. There would have been yeah. so much more consideration. I didn't even think about it, you know what I mean? I just hopped Uh right into it. Uh, And we were very fortunate. We never did not have work. Um, That real estate agent really helped streamline. He gave us Mm -hmm. a ton of referrals. Uh, And basically, you know, Ron and I were just hustling. We would wake up early in the morning. He didn't have a car at that point in time. So I I remember Mm -hmm. he was living with one of our friends. I'd go over to Canesville, pick him up. We drive up to uh, like about 30 minutes away. Uh, And it's a very like, it's kind of like farmland where we were so it's very mm-hmm. like a free type of place like the, our landlord sometimes they would just be shooting skeet and in the <laughs> distance there's <laughs> uh, propane gas tanks so I'm like are you sure it's like not a problem like they're not going to explode so it's a pretty pretty free place out there. Um I love that. But It was great man it was so fun I mean we would just wake up in the morning we'd both polish we'd both uh, he would cut everything and then we'd both go out to install and I just remember we had a, a an electric polisher so we would those things shock you constantly. Like you know, like people always, <laughs> I, I realize like electricity is not quite as dangerous here as people make it sound. Because I mean, that thing's dripping in water, and you, you can feel a slight tingle from the like the a slight shock going <laughs> through. It's crazy <laughs> and it was horrible.
0: So the first thing we
2: got was an air compressor. <laughs> as, soon as we could, <laughs> but yeah, it's been a wild fun. ride, man.
1: That was, that what. was my question, My next question was the first piece of equipment and air. yes yeah, so the first compressor. thing was
2: the Atlas air compressor. I think we got it for like $13,000, which is crazy because we just bought another one. Uh, and it mm-hmm. was almost $20,000 for virtually the same thing, which is See. wild, which goes to speak of how much everything has increased in price, right? Yeah. yeah. So, this is yeah. All so, we, so basically they... it was like a little small 1000 square foot bay. And actually okay. our first guy that we hired, he still works with us to this day. And I remember the look of disappointment on his face when he realized that was our whole shop because he saw this huge building when he first came up, and they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, no, the Grand Pro." Oh, they're around the side, and then <laughs> this little round door opens, and it's just this little shack. Most people would probably be storing like a few lawn mowers in there, you know? I mean, it was small. So, <laughs> These yeah. I love it. Yeah, I it was wild. It. Yeah. Um, so cool. yeah, I mean, honestly, it was it was a great experience. I mean, it was just. Uh, I'm glad we did it this way where we really did it from the ground up because now, you know, if there's ever an issue, I just know the business so extremely well. Like, you know, there was an issue today, a little bit of a gap on the wall. Mm-hmm. I could tell something was installed, That, like part, a section of it was installed, installed askew. You know what I mean? And I just know where to look immediately because I've done it for so long. Uh, I'm not like a business owner that's out of touch with the industry. You know, sometimes I feel for people that are like, yeah, I just bought this grant company. I'm like, mm, man,
0: you don't, know what you, yeah. do. yeah.
2: it. you don't know it because it, it's so complex it's a complex sure. industry. it's a tough sure. business
0: yeah and you i mean yeah just from the sounds of it you got to know it from yeah all different angles yeah. and all, all yeah. different even business types who you're selling to what you're doing mm-hmm. that that's really cool uh yeah. so then how long were you in that first setup was that like a? Uh, you're not still in there. I'm, I'm assuming. Oh yeah, no, no. So
2: um, I want to say it was probably about a year and a half to two years, and then we moved over to uh, there's where we are now. We had like a so we moved from a thousand square foot building, and then we got half of another building, which was a three thousand square foot. Um, and I remember at that point in time, it felt like such a huge space because we just had three thousand square feet, some little you know trenches that we cut out. And then this little eight foot by four foot table that we built (laughs) sitting in the middle. And it just looked like a huge space. Uh, and then we bought a Yukon too. Um, we just got it new and that filled up the space pretty quickly. And then we realized, you know, this isn't going to cut it. Um, so then I believe then we got the other half of the building, which ended up being around 7,000 square foot.
0: Okay. Um,
2: Awesome. So, yeah, it's just been, you know, I feel like we're constantly reinvesting in something in it all the time, whether it's something for the installation teams, um, for the fabrication, we always like to make sure we always have the most state-of-the-art equipment. Um, yeah. yeah. So,
1: you know, we're, we've talked a lot about the, the, the fabrication side, the, the learning that side of it. You know, previously you say, you know, I've never, I never managed anyone. Uh, you know, when that guy went on vacation, just talk us through your journey of like learning that aspect of the business. I know we've had a number of conversations other times where I've just kind of learned from you different aspects. Like where are you learning? Where are you trying to apply? Just talk to us about that growth in yourself over the past 10 years.
2: Yeah. I mean, um, I feel like I always had uh, strong leadership qualities. It's just come natural to me. I'm a very stubborn and uh, individual. I just, I, you know, I, I like to have things my way, to say the least. I always knew I'd have to start my own business. I was a horrible
0: employee.
2: Um, so telling people what to do was never uncomfortable for me, but it's definitely been a learning curve. You know, um, making sure you understand uh, what people really want because not everybody wants the same thing has been an inter- interesting learning point for me. I mean, I actually have a good story that actually... Um, I might have told you this one before I was sitting in a Starbucks one time and there was this French dude and this kid and the kid was talking about a glove that he wanted to develop. And the French guy was like, no, no, no. Listen, you can't just make a glove. Doesn't matter how good it is. Uh, Someone's just going to copy it, uh, have them make it in China and sell it for cheaper. You need to build a brand. Um, And I was like, man, this guy obviously knows what he's talking about. I need to find out who this guy is. So I followed him out to the parking lot. I was like, Hey, excuse me. I was like, you know, it sounds like, you know, a lot about business. I was like, uh, what do you do? And it turns out he was the, um, professor of marketing for Towson university, uh, mm. and he also te- had a class in entrepreneurship. So I took him out to lunch and we got to talking and one of my biggest fears was like, you know, if I help develop people and I teach them everything I know, why aren't they just going to run off, you know, basically do what I did, you know, run off, take the information, start their own business. Mm-hmm. And he told me, he was like, you know, out of. 500 students in my entrepreneurship class, probably two or three are actually going to go on to chase that path. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. So it's a personality type. You could give mm-hmm. somebody step-by-step instructions, exactly what you did or exactly what you're going to do. They'll never do it. You mm-hmm. know, Look at AI, you know, AI, um, it makes you realize how stupid you are because <laughs> you have all the information in the world. You know, you can go to chat GBT and they can tell you incredible amounts of information. You just don't know what question to ask. Right. You know, I yeah. sit there, I'm like, oh man, I can do anything now. I just don't know what to
1: do. <laughs> yeah, I did that with chat GPT yesterday. It's like, I was just yeah. playing around with it, asking a question like, I don't
2: know what but to do. Yeah, right now. But yeah. Um, but yeah, to revert back to your question, I mean, mm-hmm. there's just been a, a lot of learning. I mean, just learning, um, you know, what information to share, what not to share, um, what to can be concerned about, what not to, mm-hmm. how to manage situations, how to manage stress. Um, right. That's something that's a big one.
1: Yeah. So one, one, uh, maybe just, uh, another way to, to ask the same question, you know, training and growing people. We kind of talked about that a little bit, you know, do you, I remember Sarah, your salesperson or you hired her early on in that answering the phones, just kind of walk through that sort of like the realization and growing yourself as the the leader of this company just kind of i think people would like that story
2: yeah sure i mean there's just been so many lessons i've had um through the years um small things big things i I think the largest one is along with sarah i mean Mm -hmm. i just so i hired sarah um she's she was 21 i believe at the time and i had her answering the phones and i realized that the leads were dropping off significantly Um, so i started listening on the calls and i realized she was trying to do a great job and answer every question the customer had but she didn't know the answer. So it was impossible for her to do, which just made our company seem inexperienced uh, Mm -hmm. and was losing trust. So I I basically sat back and realized I hadn't really trained this person um, enough to know what she's really supposed to do. I never gave her a clear set of goals. Mm -hmm. So what I did is I basically said, listen, this is how you answer the phone. This is what your goal is. Your goal is to basically get a conversation with me, the sales guy. Mm -hmm. This is how you do it. This is what you say. And no matter, you know, what question they ask, This is how you answer it. And this is how you steer the conversation right back to where it should be. After I did that, she's a very intelligent person. She caught right on. Uh, It was day and night. And basically in that experience, I've learned like, you know, you have to make very clear, not only train the individual, but make very clear what your expectations are. Um, I think that most employers, their biggest issue is they do not do that. And they blame the person like, oh, this person sucks. No, they don't suck. You suck as a manager, <laughs> I mean, not giving their instruction. you know, so it was entirely my fault. And that was just a perfect uh, case study. Of that, basically.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Expectation management, definitely just a through line uh, in, in all of business really. And uh, Kyle, did you have anything following?
1: Yeah, just, just, uh, there's nothing worse than sitting out there wondering, like, what a what a success look like for me, like, yeah. as as an employee or you know, when, as a leader, you're thinking, like, try to put your your yourself in the mind space that your employees are in, and then wondering, like, what does it mean to be successful? If they're wondering that, then you fail. Like, yeah. you, you have to know, in this position, in this role, what does this success look like for me? What does success look like for this company? What does success look like three years from now? Because those are yeah. all different answers, and communicating that clearly is just...
2: I mean, and I think not even clarity just for your team, but for yourself. I think yeah. oftentimes people get so lost in the uh, the chaos, you know, mm-hmm. they think they have a clear picture in their mind, but in reality, if they ask themselves, they actually probably can't write it down on paper. Oftentimes. Right. They, they, and then they come to the realization that they're just kind of floating along. Their their business is just dragging them through the mud, you know, and they're just a, a passenger in a sense, you
0: know, on this little ship that you created. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, you've, talked about how seeing a lot of growth in the last 10 years, gone through a lot of different phases of business and just, yeah, always taking that next step, finding the next uh, thing that's gonna push you over, uh, the next edge. What would you say has been the most helpful resource or uh, advice that as as you keep looking to grow, Where do you go? Where do you find that inspiration? Is it other fabricators? Is it groups software? Yeah. What, what spurs you on? How are you, how are you coming up with these ideas?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think like, you know, the action flow event you guys had, uh, Mm -hmm. I think the most value of those things are just being around other fabricators. Uh, I think being able to visit other shops is huge. I know we did a Rockheads event and we went to discover services Mm -hmm. and, You know, I feel like this kind of speaks to what I was just talking about. Um, The owner was saying, you know, I, I, I grew the, he was talking about how he grew his business, I think, to like a 15 or 20 million company. He had the second home, he had everything he needed. Um, But then, so he's like, why go further? And then he realized for, for, for the people in his company, for his Uh employees. uh, And that was very insightful for me. Like, that's a great point. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to get to a point at one point where I'm just super comfortable. What keeps you going? It's wanting to push other people further. Uh, mm-hmm. So I feel like you know, going to those type of events will give you incredible insight that you would not come up with likely on your own, or it will do it in a much shorter period of time.
1: Mm. That's a really cool answer that he gave, like the creating a life for my employees that they wouldn't yeah, otherwise I have. Love that. That, that is such a cool answer. And um, yes. I don't know that's a big thing for you as well, just... The people and the culture that you have created at Granite Pro. Um, what are I'm kind of piggybacking off of Josiah and like what are the events? What are some tools that you've used, or what would you recommend to people? Just talk us through that journey of yeah getting that culture because I mean it started yeah, I mean, at day I think one. Being
2: on the ground is number one. You mm-hmm. know I'm always skimming through the shop talking to the install teams. I mean, we have formal monthly meetings, which have been huge, just the whole company. Um, having company events is a big one too, because it gets everybody to just bond outside of work and just get to know each other on a more personal level. I feel like that's huge. Um, but yeah, again, the leadership, being on the ground floor, you know, as the owner, don't do, walk through the shop and say hi to all the guys. You know, almost every single morning, I say hi to everybody, literally everyone. Um,
0: and how many guys and, do you have there at the moment? Uh, we have...
2: 14 employees now, I believe. Cool. Awesome. Um, so, you know, I just like to know, and then uh, we actually just started employee reviews, which we got from uh, my business partners, honestly, have been saved for a while, mm-hmm. but uh, also at your guys' event, I know we yeah. Got from BB, B&B Industries talked about that and they're huge, you know, it just yeah. gives you a more formal um, questionnaire for your employees. And I feel like you, you really do extract some great information that you don't just getting through. I think every, every portal you use to get information from your employees, meaning you have your employee reviews, you're going to get a certain type of information. You're walking around on the floor, you know, meeting with them. You're going to get a certain type of information. You have your Mm -hmm. team meetings. You're going to extract a certain type of information. There's really no one way to do it. I feel like you really need to constantly be in touch to know uh, what they want, what drives them, uh, what your company currently needs, what's lacking um, because you know, me, for example, there's issues all the time. I, you know, it's amazing how people won't tell you things like yeah. I had this one guy we hired a long time ago. And it's always stuck with me. He, um, uh, apparently he was telling people he's going to own a part of our company. He lived in like a serious delusion. Uh, we ended up firing him for something entirely differently. And I didn't find out about that until like a year later, one of my plumbers was like, Oh yeah, he was always talking about how he's going to own part of your company to like customers. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> no one ever told me. You know what I mean? So like yeah. it's really that's when I realized it's really important to make sure you're just popping in the field, like just really staying more in touch with everybody. Wait, I mean, man, I kind of always did that, but um, yeah, it's just you know, it's amazing how out of touch you can become, especially as you get more and more employees. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you just no one's gonna know the front desk better than the front desk. Mm-hmm, no one's right. gonna know the problems and issues of fabrication better than the fabricator, you know? Um mm-hmm, because yeah. as you grow, new ones arise. We have new problems all the time. And it's it's amazing that we haven't had them before. It's just I guess as you grow and the numbers increase, the likelihood becomes more uh, probable, and um, you just have to find more and more solutions for everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and those people that are on the front lines.
1: Those employee reviews and those those things that you're doing right now, I feel like sets you up where you can identify, all right, who are who's going to be my eyes when this thing scales to a point yeah. where I can't. At some point, just the scale, you're not going to be able to do the depth. That We're you're already, already there, through. man. We're yeah. already there. Um, you know, I know
2: a lot of people talk about the EOS system. We're kind of doing yeah. like a watered down version of our own, mm-hmm. which probably isn't the best way to start, but <laughs> it's, not, hey, it's something. Hey, starting is yeah. the key. A it's lot of people making those great start. progress. Actually, it's been incredibly mm-hmm. useful, you know, just in reinforcing, making sure that we meet every week. I mean, we've definitely slacked on that, but that's something I'm realizing more and more how critical it is with our leadership team. Uh, me on a weekly basis. It really just makes so much progress. It's incredible. Uh, I'm mm. sure a lot of people are listening like, yeah, no shit, you know, but it, it <laughs> yeah. is, it is like, it, it's
0: critical. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, and that's yeah. what I'm
2: saying. You're always learning. Like you guys are talking about like leadership. There's little things I realize that we like kind of reevaluate. Like we used to have a text of both installation teams um, and like uh, our head fabricator and my business partner. And I realized like, you know, then w- when we did that, it was actually a problem because every time there was an issue, it made it feel like there was more issues than there really were because both teams were experiencing at that point in time. Uh-huh. So we basically separ- separated them into separate threads. And I feel like they're actually happier because they, they everybody cares about their job a lot here. Everybody cares right. about doing a great job. We talk about reputation a ton. So when they see that something's going wrong on the other team, they're like, oh, and it's distracting them. So you're just constantly learning every single day, you know, and you forever will be.
1: That's a, that's a great point. Just, you know, people feel like they want to know everything, but really you
2: don't like. Really you don't. Yeah. And th- and that's what, like, that's something I've been focusing on a little bit recently is just like, who needs to know what? Cause we try mm-hmm. to, and we, you go back and forth, you're like, all right, everybody needs to know everything, but then it becomes overwhelming and stressful for people. Yeah. So mm-hmm. finding that balance to make sure that they're aware. So like from the customer experience, um, it's right, like sharp as hell. You know what I mean. Everybody seems to know what's going on, but at the same time, right. it's not putting everyone's burden on everyone because it becomes right. stressful and it feels like something's always going wrong. When in reality, when you have a large company, there's always something going wrong somewhere at some point in time. No matter how pristine right. your system is, uh, it's right. just it's inevitable. And that
0: Absolutely. goes back to the the personality that you're talking about with with the professor. Like, not everyone's right. built to handle. All those problems coming at like there's there's people that can and that's why you're in the position that you're in. Uh, But then and then there's people with other personalities that are better facing with customers that are better patient in the shop. Uh, So, yeah, just finding those those personalities, identifying that and then plugging them into the right place. It sounds, sounds like you're on the right
2: track. I, I always tell everybody like, I'm actually not a very talented individual at all. The, I would say my only like one really good talent is I'm very good at reading people and identifying like their, their true nature. So what their uh, innate abilities are. I feel like everybody mm-hmm. can do anything, but some people are just gonna be naturally if they they just love it and they, they, they thrive in that environment. So like the guy built my office, this office is insane, I'm telling you. Every corner, he custom built that shelf the cabinetry was installed at pristine. He's just Mm -hmm. like, that's, that's where he thrives. And that's our template guy. He's super detail oriented. He knows everything construction. That's the perfect position for him. He loves it. Mm -hmm. He loves the freedom. He loves being able to drive down. He loves being active. He loves that in his free time. He gets to build other stuff like that, that Mm -hmm. you're not going to find somebody that's ever going to do a better job because that's what he loves to do. You know? And I always try to put people in positions where they're going to thrive, you know, not not because we're making them, but because they want to do that. That's what they enjoy to do.
0: Right. Yeah, that's what Find you make up. Natural
2: and Yeah.
1: And and then build systems around them that allow them to thrive in that that situation. That's,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, that, and that's my job is to make sure, right. Ron, to make sure that we give them the tools they need. And that was actually one of the questions like we asked in our employee review. Uh, mm. I think I took it from the BNP industry. Yeah, it was yeah. his name Rick. Yeah, Rick. Rick Stimmick. Yeah. yeah. It was. Uh, you know, it was. We basically, basically they were great questions. You know. Um, what do you think you're doing well? Uh, what do you think you need to improve upon? And what tools can we provide for you uh, to help you achieve those goals? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just very insightful. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Rick's
1: the man. I Rick Rick is a really It was a great. Guy.
2: That was a super impressive. I was curious. I just thought it was going to be like a massive sales pitch, to be honest. And it was really? far from that. Yeah. Yeah. No, far Rick is. That. that was a really is... cool uh, uh, person to have.
1: Yeah. I'll do a little sales pitch for him. I know he does some consulting stuff on the side with EOS. So if anyone's curious, oh, Kaplan. That's good to know. Yeah. Okay. Kaplan. Uh, yeah. Great to know. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, wow. maybe we edit that out, but no, he does. Everybody needs a side a gig in this yeah, world. That's in, right. this world. <laughs> in the world we live in now, everybody <laughs> right. needs a side gig. Everyone's got a side hustle going on. Make it um, no, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> just shifting gears a little bit. What's next for, for Granite Pro, you know, we're, you're 10 years in you're you're I feel like you've been growing like a we watching you we've been in touch for about three years I think that's how long our and just seeing the growth uh in that time what what's coming next for you what what excites you about what's coming yeah next? What so I'm you?
2: really excited for the future because uh I think we're really finally just just getting started we're primed mm-hmm. for explosive growth that, that's what we're shooting for we have some uh I'm gonna keep my cards close to my chest for now but we yeah, have some so- uh, exciting things that are becoming in the next couple years um, to really just take it to the next level.
0: Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just wrapping up here uh, before we get to our final segment, uh, which you, you're going to need to really buckle up for, we kind of piggybacking off of Kyle's question there five years from now, dot, 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 what, uh, answer that question as you want to. And it could, it could be applied to your business. It could be applied to the stone industry. It could be applied to yourself personally, but five years from now, dot, dot, dot. What, what's your hot take?
2: Yeah. Five years from now, I want to see all my employees making a lot more money. Um, Mm. I want to see them in the places both financially and personally that they want to be. Um, I know I'll be there and I want us to get them there too. Um, If they're doing well, I'm doing well. Uh, And we like just building an environment, honestly, where people can thrive, uh, just bringing something new to the table. I feel like a lot of our competitors um, see their employees just as employees. We really do see ours as family members. We care about them. When we hear that they're going through certain struggles, we try to find creative solutions for them.
0: And uh, we're going to
2: continue to do that.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, Kyle, any final questions before we get to our last segment?
1: I mean, I could talk to Dean all day, but uh,
0: <laughs> true, no, true. I
1: just appreciate the time. I I love the back and forth. Just the, the thoughts that I've already had of, of just the biz, like, how do we continually grow ourselves in this industry? Like, yeah. uh, what can we steal from other areas? Like, I guess one question I would have is, is there anything in the past six months that you've seen in other areas, like other businesses that you're like the stone industry needs this like uh you know i was in my mind it's like more educational events like let's train let's have these podcasts let's have these things where we can give resources to people to grow their businesses is there anything in your mind that you know the stone industry needs a little bit more of
2: yeah i think it's actually well in that way um Mm -hmm. exactly like you were saying more education, uh, more, it, it, always surprises me how this industry has kind of been dwindled down in some areas to like this, like uh, bulk output, uh, loss of craft and more about just number, number, number. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just feel like the industry kind of needs to be taken more seriously in a sense. It's just kind of such a small little thing. No one talks about, but there's actually big numbers involved. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I just think uh, I think it's already been on the path. You know, more people are developing like look like, the no lift car. I feel like there's just more and more people putting more and more time and effort. I mean, I will say the CNC and the software is actually falling a little bit behind, which I was unaware of. Um, mm. the, so I was actually at another shop where they were doing a wood manufacturing. They're building cabinets and they had the, mm-hmm. their CNC synced with their phone and everything. And, you know, mm. I just know a lot of our CNCs like they're getting there, but I'm starting to realize how far behind the times of all their software is. The hardware is <clears> all the same, but the software right. is actually, I, I get maybe there's just not enough money in the industry, they feel, to reinvest in that. But, you know, I feel like our industry is always the last one to get it. You know, it's probably <laughs> like it starts in the woodworking and the metalworking industries, uh, and then it slowly trickles into ours
1: hmm You kind of get the scraps of
2: we get the scrap. We get we get like the ten we're like the America, you know, like Europe always has some music and then ten years later America's like, yeah, this is the best. It's about yeah. like the same <laughs> stone industry. Yeah. yeah. Everybody else has like, yeah, we know we've had that for a long time. Yeah. But, I don't know why you're excited. Yeah.
0: yeah so the answer to the uh, five years from now question is just go look at the woodworking industry.
2: Yeah, really. Yeah, really. I know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, cool. Well, before we get to our last segment, we will hear from, uh, one of our sponsors. Are you drowning in remnants? Do you struggle to get quotes out on time? Uh, is your process undefined as you, as you go through the job? Actionflow has an answer for each of these questions and it It will allow you to rest easy at night knowing that these questions are answered and jobs are flowing through your shop. Visit actionflow.net today to set up your discovery call. All right, we're back and ready for the rock seat. Uh, Similar to the hot seat, but you're on the rock seat here, Dean.
1: Just as uncomfortable
0: yeah just as uncomfortable hopefully you come out alive uh i'll start us off this week uh favorite or coolest job that you've been involved in sounds like even dating back a long time ago you you were a part of some really cool stuff but yeah is there one that sticks out whether it's big or just intricate what yeah what was that job
2: uh we did some gravestones in romania uh and it was like it wasn't super advanced. It was just laminated stone, cut out crosses and stuff. But uh, Ron's dad did some incredible work uh, carving in the stone to make like the pages for the book. Uh, mm. And it's just cool to think that we built something that's gonna, you know, uh, mean a lot to somebody. Uh, mm. and some they'll appreciate for probably well after I'm dead
0: and gone. Yeah, that's cool. And yeah, you can be sure that no one, no one else will have that answer on this podcast. Yeah. That that'll be a one of yeah. one. Awesome.
1: Yeah. Um, so the last time that you walked in somewhere and maybe a family member, maybe a close friend, and you looked at their kitchen and saw their countertops and you're like, dear Lord, let me help
2: yeah. you. Right, right. Right. <laughs> How often and when was the last time? I feel like the same time I walk into a restaurant. You know what I, mean? <laughs> right, yeah. I don't do any. I I feel like after COVID with kids and stuff, I barely go anywhere. But when I do right. go to a restaurant, it's always a problem. There's actually this one restaurant. Uh, they're a really well-known restaurant, but I don't tell anybody we did it because they, they used somebody cheaper downstairs and they used us upstairs. I'm afraid people are going to think we did the downstairs. <laughs> they, they did it after us, and it's all falling apart and ours is still pristine. So <laughs> you know,
1: wow. That's hilarious. You'll have to tell us. Yeah, I literally time. can't use it for
2: marketing. So <laughs>
1: That just grinds you every time you step in. It there. does,
2: man. They're huge. <laughs> they have to sponsor like a football team and everything. Like it's yeah. You just know, oh, gotta
0: go offer and do the downstairs for free. I know,
2: man. I don't have to tell the guy. Yeah, I'm like, man.
0: Geez.
1: What uh, what countertops are you rocking in your own home right now?
2: I actually have quartz, you know. And yeah. I don't like quartz. I mean it's it's great now. We have kids especially. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think the next home will definitely be natural stone. Uh, we were just on like, you know, my wife's European, you know, she likes that minimal clean cut look. So, it looked yeah. good, you know,
0: yeah, uh, cool. Well then final question is favorite tool or gadget, uh, as you think about, you've already mentioned the no lift, some different CNC stuff, but is there anything that's just maybe off the beaten path that people don't maybe not realize, uh, yeah. What's your favorite tool? I mean, state. honestly,
2: really not just saying it because I'm on this podcast. I mean, Action Flow has been my favorite because it's really helped us streamline um, just our processes and our system. I can't like, you know, I, I went into some other fabricators and they're using some competitor software and it's basically just a massive notepad. It blows my mind that there's $20 million companies operating off this software. I, 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 I literally cannot fathom <laughs> it, it, You know, I really can't. I'm just like, how does everybody know what's going on here? This is crazy. Right. Um, so... Action flow, I'm all about process and procedure. Um, soon as we have a new employee, they're added to the action flow process. Um, you know, we get we got into cabinetry a few years ago. Just hired a new guy, kind of rehauling everything, giving everything overhaul with the cabinetry side. Sat down with the team, wrote down the process, revisited every like in a week. What works, what doesn't, you know, then revisit in a month. What works, what doesn't. And it's just this constantly evolving thing and i was actually looking back on it recently i was like damn this thing's like a masterpiece now you know it took (laughs) like five years or whatever it's been now but um you know it really is cool to see and it's honestly in my sense almost like a proprietary thing because it's that's 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 our business right there Mm -hmm. you know if you can look at your business the closest thing to it besides your books that's kind of it your process Mm that's
1: Yeah. That was unpaid. Just so everyone listening, we didn't, yeah. we didn't prompt that. That was Dean. You can
2: pay me if you want. <laughs>
1: yeah, so that's we'll
2: continue.
0: Send <laughs> us your Venmo handle <laughs> after. We'll, uh, yeah, really. We'll, we'll, yeah. so yeah. No, cool. Uh, well, from my, from my end, Dean, thanks so much for coming on. Uh yeah, Kyle, I'm on. sure you would echo the second sentiment.
1: Anytime I can chat with Dean, I feel like I'm walking away. No, it's always encouraged important. and
2: fun. Yeah, always
0: a pleasure. Awesome, guys. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, and we'll talk to you later. Sounds good. I'll see you. Thank you to Dean Brady for hopping on this week, and all he had to share. Thanks to Kyle Hunt for more insightful questions, as always, and Richard Melville for putting it all together and keeping us all together and most importantly thank you to you the listener without you guys we wouldn't be able to do this so thank you very much we will see you next week don't forget to like follow and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts have a great weekend